Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on? Oh, man. I'm just here. I'm ready to do this. I'm, I'm, you know I love anything to do with today's topic. Well, we're going to talk about what the thing that solves all problems. Sales, baby. Sales cures ales. That's right. Yeah. So I brought a couple experts in. Can I introduce him or would you like to? No, nah, go for it. That's probably good because I'm the one that has the notes in front of me. So with us today, I've got Doug Burris and Dan O'Reilly. They are here with uh, Growth Acceleration Services. Doug is the, well, they're co-founders. Doug is the president and also in charge of talent intelligence. And we'll make sure to add that to our list of show vocabulary. And then Dan O'Reilly is the co-founder and CEO of the company, and he doesn't have something cool like talent intelligence in his name. So, hi, guys. How you doing, guys? Thanks hey. for having us. I, yeah, thanks for having us. Glad to have you on. So, you guys, well, I'll tell you what. No one says it better than you. So, tell us about what your business does. And we are going to talk about building the sales team. But tell our listeners why why they need to listen to you today. Yeah, I- Our business is uh, Growth Acceleration Services, and basically what we do is we help small businesses scale. Uh, We focus pretty heavily on the sales side of the house, um, but we also work on generating demand for your business. So anything that has to do with building process, building team, uh, building structure, uh, developing that team once it's built, that's what our focus is. I mean, that's all really important stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We like to think so. Yeah. So what is talent intelligence? Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> so talent intelligence to us. Because I bought a talent intelligence meter for this show, and I think it's broken because it's been at zero <laughs> <laughs> for a while. But maybe you can help me fine-tune that thing. The now fix that. No. Yeah. So talent intelligence to us is not just recruiting talent, but understanding market dynamics, understanding team dynamics, culture, environment. So it's not just, here's a job description. Go find me people. It's the entire portfolio of what it means to build a team, individuals on that team, roles on that team, the culture, uh, leadership, management, all of that. That's all important stuff. Yep. Sorry, I got distracted. <laughs> Had the selfie stick. Do you know that our Instagram page has a section for selfie stick photos now? I know. Yeah. We also have selfie and selfie. It's exciting. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's all, that's all important stuff. It, it, I think people think it's a lot easier than it really is in reality to build a quality sales team. That's why we started the business. Yeah. Uh, after years of building sales teams between Dan and myself, we decided, okay, going and finding talent elsewhere, it's really hard. Let's find a way to build it. So uh, Dan has developed a methodology over about 25 years of training and building out sales teams. I go find the talent for that and, and off to the races we go. Okay. Well, Dan, you and I, have uh, we're not unfamiliar. I've seen you around. You've done some work with others. Yep. Yeah. Uh, he's done some work for Stackify yeah. over the years. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And we've talked a little bit about it. You, uh, you have a lot of background in, in sales training. I do. Yeah. I, I've done a lot of the training side of it. I've been managing people and developing people most of my career in sales. So I have uh, done a lot with the inside sales um, portion of it, as well as on enterprise level sales training. 
Okay. So building a sales team is a lot more than just hiring people. Right? It is. Yeah. It obviously starts there, but there's some, uh, you know, it's an ongoing process. I like to say it's like raising children. Managing salespeople sounds like the worst job in the world to me. I, that sounds like the best job Third for me. Case. Like I, as, I, an, as a software engineer, I mean, dealing with salespeople is like the opposite of. Well, well, let's talk about that for a second. Why? Opposite personality. <laughs> true, true. It's it's funny because you know Matt and I as business partners, I clear, I I I'm the sales guy. Uh, one yeah. of my favorite jokes is always say that uh, software engineers don't know how to talk to customers or girls. Yeah. What does that have to do but with salespeople? Sales, do salespeople do? Yeah. Salespeople are, yeah. are trained to talk to girls. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's part of the training, actually. Right. I'm not going to get into that, but I have some. There's some. There's some uh, uh, unwritten metrics I have around that. But anyway, it's just yeah. slippery. Yeah, slope. it's just different personalities. Yeah, it is. It is. Right. Right. Okay. So I all right. Our hypothetical business here. Um, we're going to just call it. You know, we're here at the start at startup hustle enterprises and. So we've got something going and we're picking up some speed, but you know, Matt and I are doing everything, but we realize it's time to scale. So we call you guys up. And by the way, if you want to check out what they do while you're listening, go to growthxlservices.com. They're on all of the social medias as well on linked, the gram face, the Facebooks, the, Facebook. the maybe the tweeters, <laughs> yeah, but go check them out while you're listening. But, we are everywhere. So we went to your site, we put in a, we sent you an email and we said it was just titled help with question marks, emojis and other things. And so where do you go from there? Like what's, what do we need to do to build our sales team? But where we go from there is really just sitting down and trying to understand where you are today. There's some um, companies are in many different states when it's just at the beginning like that. It could be a CEO that's actually selling their product. It could be folks that have hired salespeople and are struggling um, with the salespeople that they've hired and don't know how to deal with that. Um, it could be management issues. There's a lot of different things we can look into, but it really takes an, uh, it takes us sitting down and taking the opportunity to understand where you are currently in your business, what you are struggling with. Okay. Well, let's look at a couple of those stages. Let's say I don't have any salespeople. Like what, what are some things that, and, and keep in mind here at Startup Hustle, we're trying to help people at all different stages. So Absolutely. it'd be good to kind of breeze through. So I think a lot of people have a business that will pick up a little bit of traction or like Matt said, okay, so a lot of times you get founders that are, they get into something because they're passionate about it. And then, it, yep. then all of a sudden they're like, shit, I actually have to like sell stuff and create revenue and build a business here. So I, you know, I don't have any salespeople. What, what, what's a good, how do I start building a sales team if I don't have anyone? Yeah. And, and typically when you run into that, where you have, you're the founder selling, there's, there is a lot of passion there and the sales come somewhat naturally because they're talking from their passion. But the big thing in order to start hiring salespeople is to take all that passion and what that's, that CEO is doing to sell and turn it into a process. Um, most of the folks that we run into that are early stage with CEOs selling or co-founders selling is the fact that they really haven't developed a process yet. They don't know how they're doing it. They're going out and meeting with early adopters, with friends, with family. They're networking and they're just telling their story. But they can't take that and evolve that into a standard process where they can then relay that to a team to go and execute on. Okay. And so to sit down and understand their story, understand what the issues they're solving are, and then go and, and, and put together a process that executes on that is kind of the first step in a stage when CEOs or founders are selling. 
to basically creating a simple outline. Right, right. And here's the problem. Here's the solution. And this is, I mean, I, I like to say you got features, advantages, and benefits there. You know, that's a good right. place to start. You know? Right, right. Well, when you, when you first start, the founder's got to be one of the best salespeople mm-hmm. or somebody on the founding team anyways. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then you, know, you quickly figure out that doesn't scale. And then there's a whole new set of challenges of growing exactly a sales right. team without exactly. you. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and you can't expect someone that you hire to have the same passion and same excitement around your product um, and the same work ethic and everything else that you have because that is your baby. That is yep. something that you you take care of. And um, and so it's kind of like trying to teach the babysitter how, how to raise yeah. the child. We've spent a fair amount so, of time talking about that, you know, as an entrepreneur or founder or even a manager. I mean, if, if you give up, your employees aren't going to care. Mm-hmm. as much as you do. It's, Absolutely. It's, I mean, if they do, then don't ever let them go. But I have yet to encounter that. Have you? Say that again. Though. Have you had him? <laughs> Hang on, Matt, wake up. <laughs> he loves this topic. Can yeah. you tell? I, Matt's also not, hasn't acquainted himself to the, hasn't really wrapped his arms around the fact that we do record this now, actually successfully. We actually are on YouTube. We've now, by the time this comes out, we'll probably have, you know, eight, so there's going to be an outtake video of me sleeping, dude. I, I don't know if YouTube, you I don't know if YouTube allows file uploads that large. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. Like, yeah. Um, but all right. So now I've outlined a sales process. Yep. Like where can people go to find salespeople? Like, I mean, like obviously your company can help with that. You laugh and chuckle because it's an, in, there's an infinite. Yeah. Well, well sale, all salespeople think they're great salespeople. Well, you can find and, and, salespeople. And 90% of them are freaking terrible. Right. Yes. Yes. But they yes. all think they're great. Yeah. And that's inevitable that all salespeople think they're great, but you can find salespeople everywhere. The challenge is finding a good fit for your company and a good sales rep, period. Mm-hmm. Um, one that's actually been trained and managed effectively, right? You know, one of the biggest challenges we have today out in the sales industry or the sales world is the fact that we we don't have a lot of good sales management. Um, they bring people in, they put them in front of a phone, make make phone calls, figure it out on your own. They push them in a corner and just say, go execute. And if they don't execute, they move on and they bring another one in. Now, theoretically, if you put me in that situation, I would still be okay. I would figure it out, but, but most people won't. Most people right. Won't. Yeah. Right. I mean, that, that is the struggle, but some people will figure it out for that specific company and for that specific product, but then they try to move to go to another company and they're starting all over again. Yeah. Um, and they don't figure out what was that real process that led them to success. They just stumble and fumble them their way through it and go, Oh, Hey, I figured it out. I'm, I'm being successful. I have some kind of process. So well, is, there, there's it, a difference between being an order taker and being a real, like, seasoned salesperson knows how to navigate complex sales and organizations and yeah. all that sort of stuff, too. There's a lot of companies that start out with that inbound approach where there's a lot of inbound coming in. And so that when they hire the salespeople, train and develop those salespeople, they're very used to just everybody who's coming to us has raised their hand and said, I, I want to buy. I want to buy. I have a problem. I have a concern. I need help. And your product then fixes it. So it really is easier to just say, here's the features, here's push buttons, all done. See what it does for you. It's all magic. It works. And then you sell. Uh, But those people are going through their buying process for you. You're not trying to take them through a buying process. So when you try to take that same company 
and shift them to more of an outbound approach, get a little balance in there and start focusing on a specific ideal customer profile to drive, then what typically happens is those salespeople are struggling on the presentation side, on the sales process side, because of the fact that they, they don't understand how to build the value. All they know how to do is show the product. Yeah, They've done a great job of just demoing, um, but they don't know how to go through a strong discovery process, really understand what the challenges are that that customer has, and effectively share with them the solution to build the value that they need. So, so is, is this where talent intelligence comes in when it comes to building the team? Like, absolutely. I mean, how do you assess a salesperson's talent? That's one of the more difficult things you can do. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll rely on Matt on this one a little bit from the perspective of uh, software engineers. You can put them in a room with other software engineers yeah. and fairly quickly figure out, does this person know what No, not about? really. <laughs> no. At the end of the day, you just figure out uh, they seem smart or not, and then I'm going to roll the dice. That's true, but there are actual like tangible things. Like at full scale, we actually give, we give live code tests and stuff like that. Like if you get a 0% on it, then you clearly right. have no grasp over yeah. what we're looking for. But, that, right. but it, to me, that's It doesn't say that they're a great problem. A little solver, more binary but, of like, okay, they passed this test. Right, right but that's... that's uh, and then tomorrow, I'm going to hire them and ask them to do something totally different than what the test was. Right, right but the, right. But, the, but I think what Doug's right. saying is there's not really a, a reasonable or standard assessment or something like that with sales. You can do a, you can do assessments, emotional tests. You can do the personality It's going to tell you their personality. Yeah, but, right. but, yeah. but at the end of the day, it really is. Yeah. It doesn't tell you if they'll sit and make 100 phone calls a day and actually exactly. do it. The personality mm -hmm. test will tell you that certainly if it says that they're an introvert, that they won't do that. Like your chance at, do you yeah, agree? Yeah. Like, all right, so back to so, talent intelligence. So, so yeah, so it's... My meter's still, hang on. <laughs> it still says zero. So man. some of the things that we... guys bring it up. Some of the things we look for, not just communication skills, quote unquote, but do they have empathy? Are they curious? Are they naturally asking questions during the process? Are they differing their questions depending on who they're talking to? Can you lead them down a bit of a path and let them go and run with that? to get to the point where you know, hey, they're curious. They are really listening to what we're saying. Those are some of the things that we look for, particularly in an early stage salesperson. Uh, one thing that we do run into a lot is people who will continue a conversation but not advance a conversation. <laughs> really hard to generate revenue if you're not advancing a sales conversation, right? We want to make sure that people are communicating with a purpose, they're listening, they understand what problems we're throwing out there, trying to move along to solve that problem. Right. I think what you said there is important. I think a lot of people, they think they're salespeople because they're talking to right. people about buying something. Right. But you're not, that, that's a key ingredient, moving people forward in that process. It's like knowing what the next step is and yep. the goals and driving them. And having the ability to, well, A, see that, but also like not be afraid. Like right. I, I just have always had this theory that you know, we're moving way down the sales process line, but you know, you just got to ask. Like, is this person going to ask for a sale? Yeah. The, the other piece to that is, listen, you know, we, we want to understand it through the interview process. Are they effective listeners? Yeah. Do they actively listen to what we're saying and can respond to that in some way as opposed to just, you know, we're, yeah, we're the, getting... the, I think that's a big misnomer about salespeople too. People are like, oh, you're a great talking. You're going to get in sales. Yeah. You don't right. learn anything talking. Right. Yeah. I mean, I can talk a lot and be really passionate too, but when it comes to selling stuff, that's, that's when it's listening time. Cause mm -hmm. if you actually do listen, your prospects and clients are just sitting there telling you exactly what 
they will buy from you. They might not be saying, hey, I'm going to buy this, 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 or this. But they say, I have this problem. I have this issue. I have this time frame and stuff like that. Yeah. And that's where they come in to try to fix it. Yeah, so. they'll tell you why they'll buy. Okay. So. Yeah. Um, Breland just came in to take pictures of us and the talent intelligence meter went, it's, it's showing, it's giving a reading now. Wow. Congratulations. Wow. So you can join us at, at startup hustle podcast on Instagram to see all of these amazing pictures, selfie sticks, the videos, <laughs> who knows, who knows, who I knows? I can't hide behind my face for pet podcasting you got all these pictures and videos i know you gotta step up your game yeah i know you might have to get a haircut yeah you gotta, gotta shave. Dude, you have to start wearing a shirt to these things <laughs> oh, i mean for real you really do as long as i don't have to wear pants people are racing to pants Instagram are still right pants, <laughs> pants are still optional okay good. for sure without a doubt okay so let's just theoretically say that we found some salespeople. okay and now they're they're here they're working and like you said, there's an issue that often exists with management. So how do we deal with that? I just hired 10 salespeople and now they're running. It's like Lord of the Flies up in this place <laughs> now, man. Like, I mean, they're, and by the way, salespeople, you talk, you mentioned something about process. You know, you said sure. if you're defining one and if you don't have a process, you need to create one. Correct. Okay. Typically salespeople are not process people. I mean, they're, I mean, they can be, they'll follow the instructions, but I mean, they have to be, yeah, but they're not usually your most organized. Yeah. The, the challenge I think that most salespeople have that I've experienced that I've gone through is just the paperwork side of it yeah. is the, is not the detail oriented, detail -oriented yeah. stuff that they could have to put in. Um, it's updating the CRM and making yep. sure that all the, the file is, is fully accurate with all the details, but the more you can do that, the better off you're going to be. Um, if you're managing a lot of opportunities in the funnel, it's hard to remember exactly what's going on with each and every one of them. And so the more detail you can put in there, the, the better the process is going to be for you. So, yeah. Okay. So and that's where that definition of it. I mean, I think people largely, that will, I think that's welcome though. I mean, you want a process. You. Yeah. I mean, you want a process, you, you absolutely need a process. And the reason why it's so important to have a process is to measure success. Yeah. Um, if you did everything different every single day, you just don't understand what's working and what's not. It's just, your ability to then take and analyze and see what's been effective and what is not is why a process exists. Right. So walking someone through a process and really understanding in detail what you can change, adapt, um, and keep in place based on the success or failures that you're having. Um, what I teach in class too is around the fact that no matter a process or not, you're not going to be 100%. It doesn't matter if you do things perfectly every single time. You, you either you sometimes win and you sometimes lose. But the idea is to say, how do we create better odds of winning by putting this process in place? You could be 50 percent. But then if we change it and put a process in place, we're, we could bump it up to 70 percent. Sure. And, and and obviously the last steps in that process, I'm assuming, are better. Yeah. It, and it depends on the company, too. The yeah. more complex sale, the the more steps that you you may need to follow. So got it. In, in days involved in it too. Uh, you could have a lot of steps that all happen in the same day sometimes. So is that part, when we talked, we mentioned in the beginning or prior, we were talking about building, coaching, developing, and training. Mm -hmm. So, you know, obviously in the part of like we hired some people and is, is it good? Do you recommend making sure that someone's fully trained and checks all the boxes or do you do you take them out in the middle of the ocean, throw them in and say, swim? Yeah, I'm a good 80 percenter. Um, it, you don't have to be fully trained to get 
started and executing. Um, I think the most important part of the training process is around industry and not necessarily around product. Um, the, the salespeople have to understand why their product does what they what it does, um, why it was built, the purpose of the product, um, and some of the pieces involved in it to get started. They need to go deeper eventually, but the idea is to understand the industry much more than that. So, um, so which one now? Obviously, the big part of the sales process is lead generation. So, which one of you guys is the lead gen guy? That is the lead gen guy. Is it? Yes. <laughs> okay. Now. I think that you, you have salespeople that are largely proactive, some are reactive, right? Like right. some people that are great if they have, you, here's the Glenn Gary leads, go for it guys, right. you know, right. and, and they, they take that little bow off of it and know that coffee's for closers. There's some guys that are and gals that are really good at that. Right. And then they have to go prospect for their own business and it's a shit show. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think you, on the prospecting side, there's, there's been a shift in businesses where they're focused more on, especially on the SaaS side of the, of the world, where they're focused more on sales specialization. So you're taking someone who is a prospector and really, really good at prospecting and putting them early in the stage of that sales process, and then handing that sale off to the person who's really, really good at closing deals. And so um, in our business, we train SDRs, which are sales development reps. Those are the folks that are really effective at prospecting. Um, and that is one of the most important parts of the sales process is really to do a strong discovery process. But once that has happened, they can hand it off to a salesperson and the salesperson can take it the rest of the way. Okay. I, yeah. I, uh, not too long ago at Stackify, we were looking at some kind of product. I don't remember what it was. And we had a call with them. The first, the first call we had, the goal, the, the whole guy's goal was to figure out if we would be willing to spend like 50 grand a year. And if we weren't going to spend 50 grand a year, he wasn't moving us on to the next salesperson. I mean, it was just qualifying. It's right. like, are you guys ready to buy now? Do you have a budget for 50 grand? Or are you sure you're interested? Yeah. How do you feel about that? Because I feel like the, the, there's a point to doing it. I don't know if that was the exact approach, but if my first call with someone was like, so are you willing to spend 50 grand a year? I'd be like, what do you, what do you sell? What do you do? Like, tell me, build some value or like, what are the benefits of me doing business with you? Because if... The benefits are high. I'm willing to spend a million dollars a year or infinite well, because but, if it turns into sales, then it's all. I mean, it made matter. sense because my immediate reaction was you can hang up the phone. Yeah. I'm not spending 50 grand. I'm not spending five grand. So I, it, I mean, there's some budget. There, there's a line there somewhere with the budget where you're like, sure. you complete waste your time with these people. Yeah. But, 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 the other, but the other side of it, you make a good point, Matt, that, that value is brought in later in the process. And so you've got to, you've got to, if someone is talking about, are you willing to spend $50,000 right away and you don't even know what they do, you don't know yeah. the value that they bring, right. how are you able to assess that? Too early in the process you, you to be asking assess, me these yeah, questions. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so pricing is something you need to be bringing later on down in the process. Once you've shown value and shown what your solution does, then then you're in that. Again, it's sales process. What order of What's the order of operation? You could still get to that very quickly, though. Yeah, I mean, sure. yeah. There's a level of qualification you can do, but when it comes to uh, talking price, I, I typically leave that till later for Yeah, well, that's because you have to build a little value. Mm -hmm. and, Absolutely. You know, like, I mean, you're either helping me make more money, you're helping me save money, hopefully doing both. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case and you've built that value appropriately, asking me for any amount of money, well, if you've done a good job of that, it doesn't feel like a whole lot. Right. Or if you've done a shitty job at it, then it feels like all of the money in the entire world. 
which is how much I'm getting paid for this podcast, by the way, Matt. <laughs> I don't know. As a buyer, I like to have an idea of how much something's going to cost. Well, you do, but I mean, I'm not saying you have to like, you're not keeping it hidden behind cloaked, you know, now it depends on some, like some software as a service products. It drives me nuts when they don't, they give you no indication. Online. Yeah, that's what I mean. I, I don't even sign know. up for their shit. I'm like, you know what I'm going to, and now it depends now. I mean, when it comes to hiring people or things like lead gen or some serious services like that, that might be a little different. Well, qualification be, it can be ranges of cost. You know, it's going to cost between this and this. It's going to yeah. have a large range to give you a perspective right. of where you're going to be. But we're not talking, we're not talking proposal type of. No, dollars. yeah, right. Yeah. <clears throat> Just qualifying me of like, yep. no, I can't afford a Ferrari. I'm out. Right. Man, right. that's a high bar, dude. <laughs> like I'm looking for the Kia. If you don't sell Kias, I'm out. <laughs> He's got to know. But that that is what we focus on a lot with with our training is. Let's identify if there's paint out there. Let's identify if there's something we can do for you. Let's go down this road a little bit. Great. We think we can help you. At that point, does it make sense to say, well, our solution typically is twenty-five dollars to $45,000 a year. Is that in your budget? Sure. Great. We've established you can't afford it and we have value. What do we do now? Let's go. The value of a salesperson is, I mean, clearly relative to what they sell and what they bring in. And, you know, like some people are like, I've got to pay a whole bunch of money for salesperson. Well, if that person's going to bring in four times more, right. then that might really be worth it. Well, that, and that's what's crazy is there's people who sell really expensive enterprise software that can sell for millions of dollars a year, which is completely different than somebody who sells some little subscriptions mm -hmm. that are like a hundred yeah. bucks a year. Or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like it's totally different. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just imagine trying to assess that person if the sales process takes 18 months. Um, and wow. understand their process and know that you've hired somebody effective in that role. Um, oh, I would and die. Then, like, in an 18 month sales process, I would die. It's crazy, but it exists. Literally, right? I literally might, I'm getting old, dude. I literally might die <laughs> in the middle of that sales process. Like, I mean, that, that's excruciatingly slow. There's, and you know, with sales too, there's different approaches because you, there's some things where you just get one shot. Like the people at the mall that are like yelling at you to come over and like yeah. rub lotion on your hands yeah, yeah, at the yeah. kiosk and shit. Like they got that shot at you and like they don't care. They're they're burning the ships, everything else they don't care. Right. But that same approach within that 18 month sales process is going to, that's going to hit the no button real, mm -hmm. real fast. And obviously, well, it's like at full scale, like if on your first call in, I can't, I literally can't even sell you anything. I can't. Cause I need an MSA, I need a service contract, I need a couple other things. And, you know, I just, that's not, I can't do that within the context of a first phone call. Mm -hmm. So it requires a different level of, of patience and understanding. Okay. So now when it comes to the development of your sales team or yourself, right now, let's talk about that for a second. And I know that that's something that you, you teach like classes on that, right? Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And courses. So right. you have to know something. Very little. That, just, that's I just enough. stand up and talk. That's okay. Okay. That's he okay. reads PowerPoint. Word for word, yeah, right? Yeah. That's the best kind yeah. of presentation to not ever hear, actually. Yeah. <laughs> to not. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, let's talk about that because, you know, all right, I have this theory that employees, not even just salespeople, how they come in. And how they start, if they're great right away, you're probably going to have a great person. And if they're terrible right away, then that's probably what you should expect. 
now with that. Do do you disagree? I, I don't. I don't agree. Okay, I tell me agree. why. Um, it, I have run into a lot of folks that go into it and they they don't know a lot. Early stage salespeople, this is more um, appropriate to than not. meaning green so, people. Yeah, green, early, yeah, early. Yeah, but then you're not a great salesperson when you first come in, in my uh, according to my model. But, when they walk in the yeah. door and they start, they're full of questions. Sure. And they're talking to people like crazy, trying to learn, right? Okay. And they execute pretty well and they get, man, they start closing business left and right. And once they pass that threshold of, I think I know everything now, they stop asking questions. They stop learning and they fail. Um, and I've seen that a lot in early stage sales reps where you bring them in the door, you see early success with them. You're like, man. These guys are rock stars. This mm -hmm. person is really awesome. Um, but then they start failing and you can't figure out why. It's because they think they know everything um, and they can't figure it out anymore because they, they're they not asking any more questions. They're not learning enough and they're not getting that person far enough down the process. Sure. So I've seen that happen far too often early stage. Yeah, I could, I could agree with you when you're hiring experienced salespeople. Yeah. Um, that are selling more complex products. If they if they come to the table and are strong right off the bat, you can probably expect that to continue. Um, and if they're not strong off the bat, then that's when you need to be a little bit more cautious and cut your ties pretty mm -hmm. quickly. So, so you have to decide whether you want to be in the business as well of training and developing on some level. I mean, granted, anytime you have a new employee, you have to expect that. I mean... It, You've got to invest in the new employee. You have to have a really good onboarding process um, to walk them through, to make sure that they understand all the things that they need and what is expected out of them, um, what kind of support they're going to receive as well. Uh, and when you look at, if you're early stage and you're just hiring and okay, it's the CEO that's trying to bring in a couple of salespeople and the CEO has to manage and develop those folks as well. I, I think one of the key pieces to that is making sure expectations are set right off the bat with that salesperson. They know what they're expected to do and they know, they know what they expect to receive as far as support. So little or, or, or great amount of support, it doesn't matter. It's more the expectation is right, that they walk in the door and they know that. Um, and then the second stage of that is to really make sure that you can measure effectively what's happening and hold them accountable. So you need to have a good level of detail around the data that they're, that uh, that goes to the process. So if you put a good process, a good foundation in place, then you're going to be able to measure that and make it easier on yourself as a CEO who has 10 other hats to deal with. So what do you do if you're a company that's early stage and you just don't know? Like, you just I mean, literally, you're... like you said, you're talking about setting expectations, like obviously expectation, but let's just say it. Because in our fictional company we created, we just gained a bunch of traction. Like, I don't know mm -hmm. what to, in that scenario, I don't know what, uh, like, what a, hey, here's your goal. No, or, I, or I, think the I don't know how many people is reasonable that you should be speaking to on a daily, weekly, or monthly basis. So what are some ways that you can assess that? I think you start very early on activity-wise. What's realistic when it comes to activity that you feel are leading indicators to success in sales. So what we talked about earlier was to say, before we bring the salespeople on, we really need to break out your process and understand what made you successful. Once you have that early foundation laid, then it's easier to say what activities are, are going to lead to success. So realistically, I'm going to measure you on these three areas. 
how many calls did you make? How many conversations did you have from those calls? And how many demonstrations did you do? What, whatever you come up with sure. as your goals. But the, your early stage, you're not necessarily saying, I need this level of revenue from you in the first month. It Then when it comes to expectations from management, hey, I'm busy. I'm not going to be able to spend as much time mm -hmm. with you. You're going to have to figure out some of this stuff on your own. I, you're going to get one day a week with me where I'm going to spend some time with you and I'm going to give you a one-on-one. -on -one. That's it. If they have that expectation walking in and it's very clear to them, then they're going to execute on, then you would expect them to execute on that. If you just say, hey, come on in, see what you can do. They're, they're, everybody has different expectations of what they would see from support from within the company and what they're going to be measured on or what success really looks like for their role. Okay. So what do you think from both of you guys, what are a couple like a couple of things that you frequently, this is a generalist question across like all different stages of companies, but what are a few of the common errors, omissions, mistakes? Like what's the most common, what are, what are the most common problems that you see your clients and their businesses making, whether they know it or not? I'll start from coming into a very early stage startup company, uh, a CEO founder, assuming that the person that they have hired understands everything. Oh, he stole mine. Sorry. Um, what great, was that? Great I said he stole one. mine. <laughs> <clears throat> and, and again, it's kind of going back to that. I'm going to assume you know what our market is. I'm going to assume you know the target personas. I'm going to assume you understand our messaging. I'm going to assume that you are as passionate about this service that we sell that I am. I've been bootstrapping this for four years, you naturally get it, go sell stuff. So I think that's the a huge mistake. A huge error is the assumption that this person that I just brought in that I vetted out that I feel really confident in is going to understand all this and be able to run with it. I think another thing is setting that expectation of I'm going to share through osmosis, share through time what my story has been how did we get here? Why do I need you as a salesperson? My expectation, the stories behind the successes that we've had, you can't omit any of that. You can't, again, you can't assume that this person is just coming in knowing this, particularly if you're hiring somebody more green in their career. Sure. They need guidance. They need help. They need support. They need to know that, hey, I'm having, you know, really good conversations every day about full scale, but Matt, I really don't know how deep I can go on these conversations. I need you to sit in on some of these things. I need to sit on calls you have. It, that takes time. He's talking to you, Watson. I know. That's what's great on the show is you say, Matt, like who? <laughs> it takes a long time to learn somebody's product and what it mm -hmm. does. And mm -hmm. the, I mean, like when we hire somebody at Stackify, like there's all these different things about programming languages and performance and containers and Kubernetes mm -hmm. and AWS and a thousand other buzzwords. Mm -hmm. But at the same it's time, there's bingo. probably four or five like, things that are you talk about that 80 percent mm -hmm. i guarantee yep. you there's like four or five things and i don't i haven't sat down to examine them but that are key ingredients mm -hmm. and then the rest of that stuff is uh, those are features well that's um, why at stackify yeah. we also have a sales engineer right and the sales engineer's job is to be right. more so of like, an expert on that stuff mm -hmm. so like at stackify if i'm the salesperson like hey if you guys use this and pay attention it's going to pay for itself time and time over again through a number of different efficiencies, starting with reduced labor costs, 
and going all the way down to things like you not missing opportunities because something on your website isn't working or it's slow or it alerts you to these things and you don't want to find out about them six months later. Mm. Am I right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah, there's a lot of benefits. And then a lot of it, but that that's that value building in the beginning. Am mm -hmm. I correct, guys? Absolutely. Okay. Right. So and 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 that now you got my attention. You know, like if you're talking to me and that's the first that we, we say, because I'm sitting here thinking, man, I'm just getting I'm getting eaten alive by the cost of the developers. So I call full scale and I get some people there too to bring that average down. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you can go to fullscale.io to find that, right? That's right. Okay. <laughs> and I think knowing knowing who your customer is, knowing that person is going to be on the other end of the phone, the the likelihood of that persona, right? And hiring the right people who may, should, have an understanding of that. Sure. Right? Don't hire somebody for Stackify or for full scale that has no interest in software development or has no interest in understanding that. You're never going to get them there. They have to have some sort of knowledge or interest or preferably passion around that. It's going to be easier for them to learn, right? It's going to be easier for them to get to that 80% that I can just have a conversation with this person, can probably answer 80% of their questions. I can advance this down the road. I, and also knowing where they're going to get out over their skis. Say, you know what? We're getting too far down the road technically on this. If you have five minutes, let me put you on the phone with Matt. And we can answer a few more of those questions for you, right? Yeah. So did he steal all your lines? No. I mean, one of the other things we run into is the folks that uh, wait too long to pull the trigger. Um, so they've got someone who's not performing and not performing, not right. performing and not performing. And, um, and they start making excuses because they are not as engaged with supporting that person. So they blame themselves. They talk about it. Oh, well, it, we just need to give them a little bit more time. We just need to give her some more attention. We need to, and really at the end of the day, it's not a good fit. Um, and they have to move on. Uh, so I see that often. I think it, I think it relates very well with what Doug's saying around the people who got you where you are today might not necessarily be the people that are going to get you where you need to go. That's actually a great point. You've said that before. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, and that's, and businesses is, is full of tough decisions. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's a tough one too, especially, yeah. especially when you realize that, because that's could be rough. Now that now if your business is growing fast enough, those same people that might not be able to get you to that next stage might very well still be the right people to right. help you do a hell of a lot of other things. Yeah, they were your first yeah. salesperson. Yeah. They're the chief sales officer. Yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. yeah. Well, there might the, be another seat on the bus. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. the problem. You yeah, start well, handing right. out titles when you're an yeah. early stage uh -huh. company, right? right. Like, I got a CTO and a CMO and a CSO and none of these people know how to do those jobs. Yeah. But those are their titles. <laughs> right. Yeah. They've wow. never managed a single person before. They don't understand strategy, but they're cold calling people. And that's my chief sales officer. Yeah. You're right with the titles thing. They're hard to reverse. Yeah. So I've learned that titles are not free. Don't give them yeah, titles I, are important. Yeah. And I think you have a good point too, because well, as a salesperson, um, you don't want to just be like account associate junior account associate. Yeah. Now you're like, it's my job to get in front of CEOs. Everybody and, is a vice president here. Yeah, they were at Stratton Oakmont as well on Wolf of Wall Street, I, I believe. But um, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's a good point. So, well, man, I mean, we're, we blazed right through this. I told you that our time would go pretty quickly. I think I was right about that. Yep. But to do a little like, you know, just a, a recap and, you know, I took some notes here because I'm trying to develop as a salesperson. 
It's but, about time. You know, we, we talked about understand. You need to understand your sales process or create one. Mm-hmm. It's really important. All salespeople, I, these are my notes, by the way. Um, here, I'll hold them up for the camera so you can see I really do take notes if you're watching the video. Um, that all salespeople think they're great, but why? And, you know, some of that, you know, don't don't ever settle for believing that you know everything because mm-hmm. that's not even possible. Always be learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, the importance of training your sales development reps. Um, I mean, learning and developing as a salesperson is a lifetime thing. I think one of the things that you just hit on that's really important is finding people that are interested in what you do. Uh-huh. And, you know, I've made that mistake. Um, talking about an onboarding process, but both for your new salespeople and your clients. That's something we've been spending a lot of time on at full scale just because it's it's tricky. And we're doing it from different sides of the planet. Yep. which makes it even harder. And then I think you're spot on about setting expectations and back to that process, sales process management is like, wh- where's your support? This is where you go if you need this. This is what you need to do if you need this. And, yep. you know, and and then also I think, and, and I'm sure you guys, when you get more detailed, is like, if this hasn't occurred and if you don't have this back within this amount of time, okay, that's the time to start making some noise. Mm-hmm. and figuring out how to deal with that. Like at full scale, you can't really move forward without the master service agreement in place. Well, if you haven't got, received that back from someone internally or sent it out, that's could be a red flag. And then also if your client is not sending that back or even replying or hasn't even viewed it, uh-huh. then they might not be a great prospect. Right? They're not that sense of urgency. Now, then sometimes people send those things back with like eight, after like eight minutes, that's a good prospect. They, they're, they're motivated. Lots of pain. Um, and uh, then finally, really just don't assume what your salespeople, that your salespeople know what they should do. It's pretty basic. Uh-huh. Isn't it amazing when you look at the problems businesses have to solve and then like the more you look at them and write them down, you're like, wow, that's a pretty simple solution, but yeah. it's really not. Yeah. So, well, once again, if you guys want to check out what uh, Doug and Dan do, you can go to growth XL. That's in, that's like the letter X, the letter L services.com. You can find them on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, uh, contact them through their website or any of those other things. Once again, that's Doug Burris and Dan O'Reilly. Thanks for having us. Top of the morning to you, Mr. (laughs) O'Reilly. Couldn't get away without a a bit of an Irish plug there, but thanks guys for coming in. I'm going to get to work and try to sell something. All right. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.